Our third scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. In the second year of King Darius, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord of hosts. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord, according to the promise that I made you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit abides among you, do not fear, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once again, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasure of all the nations shall come, and I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. The word of God for the people of God. Author of life, we thank you for your word, and we ask that as we reflect upon it this morning, your spirit would continue to be with us to transform us in heart, mind, and soul. Amen. With Advent coming up in a few weeks, we're approaching the season of our liturgical calendar when we celebrate the revelation of God through the person of Jesus Christ. But as Christians, it's important for us to remember that the God who is revealed through Jesus Christ is the same God that is revealed through the writings of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. So for the next few weeks, as we work our way toward Advent, we'll be spending some time with the prophets to better understand the expectations into which Christ was born. Today, we look at one of the minor prophets, Haggai. The book of Haggai is rather short, only two chapters. And the time period covered in those two chapters is also fairly short, only about four months. Haggai's first message to the governor and the high priest is given on the first day of the sixth month and the last message on the 24th day of the ninth month. And if we look at the topic of these messages, we see that what Haggai has to say is centered on the reconstruction of the temple in Jerusalem. So you may wonder, how does a construction project that took place more than 500 years before Jesus tell us something about God? 
In order to find the answer to that question, we have to take a step back to understand the history of the Jewish people before Haggai. Ancient Israel was a small kingdom located on a major trade route between the empires of the ancient world. This meant that Israel often found itself caught in the middle of military conflicts. The kings of Israel and Judah did their best to stay on the good side of whoever seemed to be winning at the time. But eventually, they were unable to stay out of the fray. Now, if you're in our Hosea class, you know that the prophets argue the reason that Israel eventually ran out of luck is because they started to place their trust in the powers of the world rather than in the power of God. And when that happened, this little kingdom of God's people found themselves on the wrong side of conquest. Their kingdom was sacked, their temple destroyed, and their ruling class taken captive in order to keep the rest of the kingdom in line. Some estimates of the number of Jewish people taken into captivity suggest that nearly one in four people were deported to Babylon. And for nearly 60 years, those Jewish captives and their descendants lived in exile. And while there, they did what they could to maintain their own identity in a foreign land. And the people left behind in Judah did what they could to continue on with their lives after the war. And then after all that time, after those 60 years, the Babylonian Empire fell when it was conquered by the Persians who were ruled by King Cyrus. Now, the Persians had an approach to ruling their empire that looks quite modern in many ways. They allowed their subjects to worship according to their local traditions. They built a massive infrastructure with roads and a postal system. There was a complex bureaucratic structure to ensure that taxes were collected and the functions of government maintained. Cyrus and his successors didn't want to micromanage the affairs of the regions they conquered. They simply wanted to be the ones who benefited from being at the top of the system. And so we see, excuse me, and so we see in the book of Ezra that Persia's King Cyrus says, the Lord of God, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem and Judah. If there are any of you who are from his people, may their God be with them. They may go up to Jerusalem and Judah and build the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. And as for all those who remain in the various places where they are living, let the people of those places supply them with silver and gold and good, goods and livestock. Gather with spontaneous gifts for God's house in Jerusalem. All of which basically amounts to let the people of Judah return to Judah. When they get there, they should rebuild their temple. And the people who are still living in the land should assist them in rebuilding the temple. Now, from the time that Cyrus issued that edict, telling the Jewish people that they could go home, to the time that Haggai has a message for the governor and the high priest, another 18 years have passed. Nearly 60 years spent in captivity, and then another 18 years after the policy of exile had been brought to an end. And still there was no temple in Jerusalem. 
Still, there was no work even begun to erect a new temple. All around him, Haggai hears the people say, the time hasn't come to rebuild the Lord's house. And so the word of the Lord comes to Haggai to ask the people where they have to- why they have time to build nice houses for themselves, but the house of the Lord lies in ruins. If the time is not right to rebuild, when will it ever be? When will the people make God a priority? And so, like the prophets who had come before, Haggai warns the people that they are putting their trust in the wrong place. He's warning the people that if they do not make time for God, then God will not make time for them. Three weeks after Haggai chastises the people, they make time for God, and they start to work on the temple. And then within a month of when work starts on the temple, the word of the Lord comes once again to Haggai. We're not told what prompts this message, but we can make some educated guesses. To the governor and the high priest and the rest of the people, Haggai says, Who is left among you now that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. And let's start at the end there, because that's probably the biggest clue. Work, for I am with you. After a month of work on the temple, there must have been some who started to complain. Maybe they're tired from the amount of work that's asked of them. Maybe they're frustrated with how slow the progress is going. But whatever the case, there are those wanting to quit. And it may be that they want to quit because they're looking at what is being accomplished and they don't think it's good enough. They've heard stories about what the temple used to be and what is now before them doesn't live up to those expectations. And to those people, Haggai asks, but did you see the previous temple? Do you actually remember its former glory? What do you have to compare this new temple with? Because let's think about it. 60 years of exile, 18 more years before the work begins, the youngest people who would even have hazy childhood memories of the temple would have been in their 80s. Most of the people would have never seen the temple. It would have been nothing more than stories handed down from their parents and grandparents. And who could blame them for being discouraged, for hearing about how great the temple used to be, about how many people would flock to the temple, about the extravagant celebrations that had been, about how much people used to give to the Lord. But Haggai says to them, don't worry about what you've heard. Don't worry about what the temple looked like in your parents' time or in your grandparents' time. The work that is before you now is enough. The message of the prophet is radically simple, and it's the same as those who came before. Trust in the Lord. The Lord knows what you have been through. The Lord knows your struggles. The Lord knows where you are going. And still the Spirit of the Lord is here among you. Have faith. Do the work. 
Let that be enough. And what will be the reward if the people are able to have courage? What will be the outcome if they trust that the Spirit abides with them? God will be at work and do great things. The glory of the new temple will outshine the glory of the old, not for the sake of the silver and the gold in itself, but for the sake of the Lord. If the people work for the Lord, then God will make their efforts fruitful. Here is what Haggai's message boils down to. Center your life on God and the things that matter will work themselves out. If the people are living lives for God, then they will realize that they have what they need. They will realize that there is abundance where they have only seen scarcity. They will realize that if they do the work set before them, that will be good enough in the eyes of God. And so Haggai speaks to our churches today. How often do our conversations reminisce about the glory of the temple that used to be? How often do we look at what we have in front of us and despair? Take courage, all you people of the United Methodist Church, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. The Spirit of the Lord abides among us. We have nothing to fear. So let us have faith. Let us know that the work we are doing is not in vain. The Lord knows what we have been through, but the Lord isn't done with us yet. And we may not always see it, but the glory that is in front of us will outshine the glory that is behind us. Amen. Would you please pray with me? Lord of hosts, we trust that the best is yet to come. Help us to make you a priority in our lives. Keep us content with the work that is before us. Let all that we do be to your glory. Amen.